Everyone doing well this morning? Cool. <laughs> During my um, days as a Chick-fil-A employee, um, myself and a fellow employee were driving back from driving back to Greenville from Atlanta. Uh, the day before, we had to work at the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. And, and so as we made our way um, down 85, you know, uh, her favorite rap song came on the radio. And you know, she was moving ahead. She was nodding back and forth. And I asked her, I said, have you ever listened to the lyrics of that song? Have you ever listened to what this artist is saying in this song? She said, well, not really. I said, take for a moment. And just listen to the words. Listen to what she's saying in this song. And when she listened, she looked at me and said, wow, that's awful. I said, yep, that is awful. And you see, a lot of us approach the Bible the same way. We have our favorite passages in Scripture, our favorite verses, John 3.16, Psalm 23. But when was the last time you actually sat down and listened to see what the Lord is truly saying in his word. Because you can read the scripture and not really understand what he's saying. When was the last time you did that? You see, last week we recited the Lord's Prayer at the end of the service. And I know some of you memorized that prayer in Sunday school when you were a kid, or you memorized it later, later in life when you became a Christian. But do you really have, when was the last time you actually sat down, read the Lord's Prayer, to understand what is Jesus really saying here? Is it just a prayer? Or he want me to get something out of this prayer for my life? Something that will enhance my own prayer life. You see, this morning we're going to begin working our way through this prayer. And our aim and our goal is to enrich our own prayer life. As I said before, if we are not a praying church, then we're not going to really be why I believe God wants us to be in this community. Because we can coast along with gifts and resources and do good things and still not depend upon God. But I want us to be a church that is truly dependent upon God, truly dependent upon Him to do great things through and in us. Everything that's been done in this community came because people have prayed. People really prayed to God, was humble before God, and God blessed it. And if we do the same, humble ourselves before God in prayer, He will use us for his kingdom, for his glory. What did Jesus say? And he says in Matthew 9, beginning in Matthew 6, beginning in verse 9, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also Forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Please pray with me. Father, as I always say every week, this is not about me. And I say that to remind myself that it's not about me. Because it's about you. It's about your kingdoms, about your glory, it's about your reputation, it's about your name. And my prayers for the Spirit to come and push us closer to Jesus. Push us closer to him. And so take these words that are preached and apply it to our heart, spirit. 
and ask that you will create a revival in our own soul. That we'll fall more in love with Jesus. More in love with our Savior. Do great things, Jesus. Christ in my pray. Amen. You see, at first glance, you know, you read through this prayer and you say, well, there's nothing real special about the Lord's prayer. Alex, it's just a prayer. You know, but as I studied this prayer this week, it dawned on me that the Lord's prayer is similar to the Ten Commandments. Have you ever noticed that connection? See, the Ten Commandments are divided up into two parts. The first five commandments deal with our duty to God. The second five deal with our duty to our neighbor, how we're supposed to treat other people. And see, in the Lord's Prayer, you have six petitions, six requests made to God. The first three are for God's glory. The last three is for the need of man. So that's how the Lord's Prayer is divided up. God's glory and our need, how God provides for those needs. So I said last week that prayer is always depending upon who God is. It is. It's dependent upon who God is, just like our faith. And what did I say? If, you, if the source of your faith is weak, then your faith is weak. If, if my source of faith is this chair right here, then my faith is going to be weak. Because this cannot be the source of my faith. And so because Jesus is the source of our faith, our faith is strong. Because he's the source of our prayer, then our prayer is actually heard. Because we always pray to him. In verse 9, Jesus says, he tells us who God is. He says, our Father who are in heaven. If prayer is dependent upon who God is, then who is he? Our Father who are in heaven. That's the first thing he wants us to see. You see, last week we introduced this concept of God as our Father. Because last week Jesus says, you know, when we pray, we pray to our Father. And that our Father knows what we need even before we pray. And so knowing and understanding God as your Father is very important for your faith. One Christian even says, if, if you want to judge how a person understands Christianity, find out, find out how much he makes of the thought of being a child of God, having God as your father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayer, his whole outlook on life, it means he does not understand Christianity very well. If you don't understand what it means to be the child of God and having God as your father, you don't understand your faith very well. How much do you make of that fact that you, as a believer, are a child of God? He calls you son. He calls you daughter. What do you make of that? What do I make of it? You know, what comes to your mind when you hear the term father? What pictures come to your mind when you hear the term father? Some of us have good pictures. Some of us have bad pictures. Some of us have no pictures at all. Why? Because I don't know why this is, why this is true, but our earthly fathers, our lack of earthly fathers, shape or taint our opinion of the concept of father. Even when it comes to God as our father. 
The reality is that whatever kind of relationship we have or did not have with our earthly fathers many times impacts your relationship with God as your father. What, what do I mean by that? I mean you begin to transfer things from your relationship with your earthly father onto God. If your dad it was hard to please, if he was never satisfied with anything you did, when, when you become a believer, you'll believe God treats you the same way. I don't measure up, God. Tell me what I need to do to have you accept me for who I am. If your father was never there, when you become a believer, at times you will, you will feel being abandoned by God, that God's going to abandon you. If your dad was a pushover, sometimes you think God's a pushover. I can get away with anything. Our fathers shape our opinion of this attitude shape our opinion of this concept, Father. They shape our view of what a father truly is. And God has to come into our life, use his spirit to transform our opinion of father. He does that through his spirit. See, when I was in elementary school, I'm sure some of you did this too, we used to have a schoolyard debate of about my dad is better than your dad. Every kid did that growing up, especially the guys. Well, my dad's more than your dad. Well, my dad's stronger than your dad. My dad's cooler than your dad. The list goes on and on and on. You see, when it comes to your heavenly dad, there's no debate. He's better in every way and in everything. And you'll never see that if you don't know him. You'll never see that if you don't live in a growing relationship with him. Your heavenly dad is better. In all things, at all times, in all ways. Because when we open up the scriptures and they tell us that God is our Father, what is that telling us? It's saying that He's personal. He's a personal God. And a Father is a person. He's a person. And and the one Christian professor said, the to, to be a person implies the capability of being in a relationship. That God is capable of being in a relationship. And it's true. We see that in, in the Trinity. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's a relationship there. So God is personal and relational. And we as his people creating his image, we're also personal and relational. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you enter into an intimate relationship with God. A father-child relationship. You do. No longer are you a servant, but you are a child. You see, we can't depersonalize God. Make him into nothing but an idol made of stone. He's not that. Nor is he passive or, or absent, but he's always there. He's involved in your life. He wants to be involved with your life. He wants to be in a relationship with you. The question is, do you want to be in a relationship with him? If you don't have a relationship with him today, do you want it? You see, I've said this before. Mark has said it. Mark Stearns has said this before as well. Our created purpose in life is to know God. That's why we were created. We weren't created to be the saviors of the universe. We weren't created to, 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 to fix people. We were created to know God, and everything else flows out of that. Everything. The life you live for God, the things you do for God, flows out of your relationship with God, not vice versa. 
So the more you know him, the more you love him, the more you live for him and sacrifice for him. Because you are in a relationship with him. The same way I'm in a relationship with my wife and my kids and my parents. We need to be in that same relationship with our God, our Father. You see, Garth Brooks says he has friends in low places. Friends in low places. But when you enter a relationship with God, you have a friend in the highs of all places. Highs of all places. And that means a lot. A lot. God is the one that actually has friends in low places, and that's us. <laughs> but in our relationship with God, our, we have a friend in the highs of all places. And that counts as lot, a lot. That, that means a lot for us as God's people. That his fatherly care over you is unwavering, unshaking. Means when you mess up, he's not surprised by it. He's not surprised by it. He always welcomes you back. He always forgives you. That's what I mean. He's always, he's consistent. Always true. Always faithful. And so, you know, one day, you know, I picked Madison up from, from daycare. And as soon as she spotted me, you know, she ran toward me and leaped into my arms. Why? Because she knows that I am her daddy. You know, it's funny, you know, when I, when I picked her up this, this, this Tuesday, the other kids spotted me. And they said, Madison, your daddy's here. Madison, your daddy's here. And then Madison looked and she ran towards me. You see, God is here in your life. Sometimes other people can spot it before you can, but when they tell you your daddy is here, he's here. Even when you can't see it, he's working in your life despite your circumstances. And the better you know him, the better you know him, the more you will leap into his arms in prayer. The more you will bow down and say, Father, Father, I need you. Father, I don't understand what I'm going through, but your word says you are faithful, so I cling to your promises. If you haven't experienced that, you will. And so you have a direct line to your Father through prayer. Use it. Our Father, who art in heaven. And so, when you become a believer, you are actually adopted into God's family, into his kingdom. And that means... We are fully sons and daughters. Fully sons and daughters. He's not going to give us a plane ticket and send us back to where we came from because we mess up. But his adoption of us is final. That he puts up with our mess. He puts up with us not always listening to him because he loves us. He loves you. And one Christian says, adoption is the bestowal of a relationship. God wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to know you in spite of you. Do you want to know him that much? Do you long to know him that way? And so we pray as sons and daughters. We need to be, as I said last week, confident when we pray. Because we're walking into the room with our dad. Not with a terminator God. Not with a God who's far off. Not with a God who's a dictator. But someone who actually wants to hear from me. Who doesn't push me to the side because he's busy. No, he says, son, daughter, come sit up in my lap. Let's talk. 
Let's talk. What's on your mind? What are you dealing with? Tell me. I want to know. I want to know. Our Heavenly Father is everything we earthly fathers are not. And he will always be everything we're not. Because he's perfect. He's righteous all the time. In every way and every moment. He's always loving. He's always patient. He disciplined us us in love as well. All the time. 365 days a year, God is good to his people. 365 days a year, God is good to you. All the time. Do you believe it? Can you see it? The prophet Isaiah says, He has engraved us on the palm of his hands. You have been engraved on the palm of God's hand. He holds your life in his hand. Zechariah says he, he dances over you with shouts of joy. Do those words comfort you? Do those words change your opinion of who God is? They should. You should feel secure. You should feel comfort. You should feel well taken care of in spite of what you go through. Because he's there. Psalm twenty-seven ten says, for my mother and father has forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. My mother and father have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. It's comfort. It's assurance. That when all else fails, when people let me down, when friends stab me in the back, there is one who will always take me in, who will always would give me an ear, who always listen to me. That's God your Father. He holds the universe in his hands. And it's not the other way around. You see, it's true, God is like us. He is a person, he is personal, but he's not a pushover dad. Okay? He's not a pushover who can be, who can be tricked and deceived. I can be deceived. I will be deceived by my kids. But I can't deceive God. Neither can you. Jesus says, God is our Father, but He is in heaven. But what's going on there? You see, on the one hand, God is like us. He's personal. But on the other hand, He is not like us. He is in heaven. He is in heaven. And what does that mean? It means He's not weak, He's not inadequate, He's not inefficient. He is great. You see, all of us are limited. We have limited knowledge. We have limited understanding. We are we we are limit, limited abilities, limited power. We are bound by space and time. Because why? We are finite beings. We're just human. But God has no limits. He is infinite. He is not bound by limited power or limited knowledge because He's all powerful and all knowing. You see what Jesus does with that one phrase, our Father who are in heaven? He is showing us God is personal, but hey, He is God. He is true. He is perfect. He is infinite. He is all knowing. He is all powerful. He's both of those things in one being. 
And when you approach him, you approach him as both. A God who is personal and a God who is all-powerful. All-powerful. He is above all. He made all. He is the source of all. So you think about it. We are codependent beings, all of us. All of us are. Even if you think you're not, you are. I mean, because we depend upon other things for our existence. You do. We, we use cars to get to a point A to point B. We have to live in houses. We have to drink water. I mean, think about it. If you didn't eat or drink water, what would happen to you? You would die. If there was no gravity on this earth, what, what, what would happen to us? You float away. You see, we are codependent beings, but God is completely independent. He does not depend upon anything else for his existence. He does not. And if he did, he would cease to be God. He would cease to be God. So what does this mean for us? It means God can be known, but he cannot be fully comprehended. That's what it means. You can know God, but you'll never fully understand him. Because he's God. Paul says in Romans 11, Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how impossible it is for us to understand his ways. That's our God. We could know him, but man, we can't fully understand him. And so it's not a relationship with, it's not a relationship of equals. That's what it is. It's not a relationship of equals. It's a relationship between someone who is limited and someone who is not limited. And when you pray to God, you're praying to some, your personal father who is also all-powerful. means he will get things done. He is the source of all things. He's in control of all things. And so that builds that confidence that I said last week. Confident in prayer. God will make things happen in your life. He's, when it says God is eternal, you know what that means? He sees things as complete. He sees things from point A to point B. He sees time. He sees how things are going to play out in the end. He sees how, how your suffering is going to actually turn out to be good for you. That's what it means for him to be eternal. That he's not just bound by circumstances. He sees the whole picture. The whole picture. You see, if this paper here represented all knowledge, all we are is little, little specks because we're limited. But God comprehends all knowledge, all power, all authority. He controls it all. We are just little dots, limited by our circumstances, limited by who we are as human beings. But God has no limits. No limits. He's personal and all-powerful. You see, just like a child should have intimacy with their parent, they should also have respect for that parent. See, all, all parents want to be have an intimate relationship with their kids, but not to the point where the kid doesn't respect them as their parent, abandon their authority. Meaning, I'm going to be my kid's best friend. I'm not going to parent them. There is a, there is a difference in the relationship. There is a sense of authority in that parent-child relationship. And the child would never have, should never have authority over the parent, ever. And the same is true in our relationship with God. We're intimate there's an intimate relationship, but not to the point 
where God ceases to be God and God ceases to be our parent. You see, we do not, one Christian says, we do not live in intimacy with God in a way that destroys our reverence for God, destroys our worship for God. We don't. Because you have to understand there is a difference. There is a sense of authority in that relationship. We said prayer is dependent upon who God is. So who is he? He's your dad. And on the other hand, he's infinite and holy and majestic. And because of that, the first petition says, Hallowed be your name. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Because you are personal and because you are majestic and all-powerful, hallowed be your name. What does that mean? You mean you treat it as holy. Because his name represents himself. We are to honor God as God. Psalm 77 says, Your way, O Lord, is holy. Why? Because he is holy. And the question for us and for myself, whose name is hallowed in your life? What is hallowed in your life? Is it your name? Is it someone else? Or is it some stuff? Is it ministry? Hallowed be your name, God. Is God's name hallowed in your life? Do you pray that way when you pray? Hallowed be your name. Not my name. Not my reputation. Not me. You see, if what would happen to me if I took credit for someone else's song? Like the Garth Brooks song, you know, Friends in Low Places. And what if I went out and said, this is my new song that I wrote, and it's called Friends in Low Places. I just wrote it yesterday. What would happen to me if I went around doing that? What would happen to me? I get sued. Why? Yes, because it's not my work. I didn't create it. And that's what we do when we walk around our lives taking credit for the things that are done in our life. We're taking credit from God because He is the author of everything that's going on in your life. And He will not yield His glory to another, not even to His people, not even to His ministers not even to his leaders. He is a jealous God for his glory. And he would not yield it to another. You know, Psalm 115 says, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and faithfulness. See, our desire for God's name, we should desire God's name to be honored and praised in your life, in your ministry. Whatever you do, hallowed be his name. God told Moses what? I am who I am. That's who is sending me. I am who I am. He's El Shaddai, God Almighty. As we sung earlier, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Jehovah Nisi, the banner over me. Yahweh, Elohim. He's the God that heals. The Lord who is always present. He is our shepherd. And his name is to be hallowed. At all times, at all moments, in every area of our life. When you, this will enhance your prayer life. When you have this balanced understanding of who God is, our Father who art in heaven, that He is like us because He's personal, and He's unlike us because He's infinite. 
all-powerful, all-knowing, together in one God. Intimacy and respect at the same time for our Heavenly Father. You see, the first time, the first time my dad told me he was proud of me, I was a freshman in college. Freshman in college. And that meant a lot. That's the first time he ever told me, son, I'm proud of you. My dad was a tough dad. Stoic. Don't show weakness. Don't show need. Don't cry. I'm a man's man. So he wasn't very soft, affectionate, affectionate growing up. He wasn't mushy. So, and, and so when he told me that, that meant a lot to me. Because I valued my dad's opinion of me, even to this day. And one of the things I never forget, I never forget this. You know, when I graduated from seminary, you know, he sent me a card. And he wrote in this card, he said, Alex, you are the man I wish I could be. And you know, that brought tears to my eyes. My dad said, Alex, you are the man I wish I could be. You see, I'm 33, and my father's opinion of me still matters to this day. Even he, he, my, the opinion of my imperfect father's opinion matters to me. How much more should our Heavenly Father's opinion matter to us? Because God's opinion of you is a lot greater than you realize. A lot greater than you realize. He cherishes you. He cherishes you. He dances over you. He inscribes you on the palm of his hands. That's his opinion of you. Have you read that? Do you live in that? Do you cherish those promises? Do you make them your own? Does it bring a smile to your face when you read, I will never forsake you? Does it bring a smile to your face when God says that to you? It should. It should. Let us pray. I thank you, Father, that your word says that you are mindful that we are but dust. And that you still love us. You know what we're going to do. You know we're going to fail. You know we still battle sin. But your opinion of us never changes because of Christ's blood over us. We are sons and daughters. Help us to, to meditate upon those promises, Father, of how you view us. You don't see what we see. As we heard a few weeks ago, you love us in spite of us. And when you see us, you see Christ's righteousness over us. When we look in the mirror, we see this, the, the issues, the failures, the shortcomings. But not with you, Lord. You see my son. That's my son. That's my daughter. And they're always going to be my son and daughter. So wherever we are today, Father, whatever we're dealing with today, wherever we are with our understanding of who you are as our Father, help us to understand it better. Let it give us confidence in our prayer life. Let it give us confidence in this life that we live. That our Father is in heaven. That you love us. You will take care of us. You're going to provide for us. You're going to come and help us. You're always on time. You're always good. You're always merciful. And you love us. You like us. Drill that into our hearts. Drill that into our minds. You are our daddy who art 
in heaven. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.